success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. We have Gina Estrada with Estrada and Associates and Espresso Brain. Gina built her financial services practice by becoming a business networking expert, author, and speaker. She manages a team of four advisors and two assistants, which serve 3,000 plus clients nationwide. They have over $100 million in assets under management. Gina's passion of seeing more women reach a six-figure income has led her to the creation of the Prosperity Club, where she and her business partner, Joey Garrity, provide the tools necessary to remain top of mind online and anywhere you network. Gina, it is so great to have you here on the She's Invincible podcast. Thank you, Cammie. It's so wonderful to be here, and I wish I, wish I could take full credit for everything you just said, but one thing that I didn't mention on my bio is that mentorship is so important. My mentor in financial services is actually my husband, and it has been a wonderful partnership once I joined him and what I've learned. So mentorship, key number one. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So tell us how you got where you are today and what makes you invincible. It's interesting when you go into a sales position, you know, I was raising kids. I was Bob's wife. We had a great life. He's been in business forever. We were known in our community. And one day the executive management from the equitable came up to our house and they said, Hey, Gina, now that the kids are all gone, what are you going to be doing? You know, you don't have kids to raise and, I said, well, you know, I've been thinking about that. I'm going to play a lot of golf and tennis and go to lunch with my girlfriends and, you know, stay in the community and everything. They said, well, we think you should get licensed and go to work with Bob because things are changing and it's an electronic world and he needs you. And so I said, well, you know, we talked about that along the way. And I never knew if he was serious, if he wanted me to be partners in business. And we just went from there. And I'm so glad we made that choice because it was easy to make the other choice. It was harder to decide to make a commitment to business and do well. So when you start in a sales position, the first thing they do is say, go call on all your friends and family and your network and all that. And, and you know, there's a process. Well, what had happened is I had been married to Bob for so long. My contacts were his contacts had already been called on. I had to learn how to do it from scratch, round up, floor up, meet new people immediately and learn how to connect with them and build a business. Like I was thrown into the fire. 
Do you think Bob put them up to it? <laughs> I think like, wait, they came and visited you. It sounds like Bob might have put them up to it. Yeah, he, he admitted that he put them up to it a few years ago. And I said, I thought it was kind of funny, you know. So yeah, he, he wanted it to be my idea and saying yes, he didn't want to feel he didn't want me feeling the pressure from him. So I think that's why he did it, but whatever, it worked and we're very happy and working together. And, and, and it's made a difference because as you know, electronics, people that are a little bit older struggle and it takes longer. And, and, you know, a lot of times you don't have that. I gotta, I gotta learn how to do all this now. I've been in this business forever. Now I have to learn how to work again. You don't have that time sometimes. So I stepped in, electronics are easy for me and I just took it from there. That's amazing. So tell us what makes you invincible? The ability to meet someone and connect with them in a way where they just immediately tell me their whole life story and they tell me what I can do for them. I don't have to ask. That's, that's my cool. that's my superpower. They just <laughs> come out and they tell me what they need and I fulfill it <laughs> and I move on. <laughs> I love that. So I have a question for you too about, I know you have done several things. So you have um, Estrada and Associates, which is a financial firm. You also have Espresso Brain. Which one came first? Espresso Brain came second. It was in the, it was being built. So Timothy Ferris, four hour work week. I love to read books, business books, how to do things better, faster and all that. It was a great, great book. And a couple friends and I read the book together and we put the steps in place to build something. And so we built basically a website that we thought was going to sell coffee. That's why it's called Espresso Brain. But upon um, studying the coffee and learning that there are a lot of synthetic caffeines out there. We wanted a natural product and then it was just getting too involved. It wasn't our main focus. So we put it aside a little bit and then I went into the financial services business. And as I was building that business, I was networking and people were coming to me for advice. And so I found a great tool that we shared and then we basically just pulled it all together under espresso brain we had seminars and trainings and phone calls and you know that was back before social media where you could advertise that you're having an event like we would print out flyers it was it was kind of old school but we realized that nobody had a plan for their networking and that's key in business we don't give enough money or time or follow-up to our networking and that's what's going to build business hands down. So true. So that's so, where, yeah, that's where Espresso Brain came from. And because I have a securities license, I had to get something approved where I didn't have to run back to get everything I did approved. So that became my approved networking name, Shell and everything. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And what do you do? How do you work with your clients at Espresso Brain? Basically take it through a four week mastermind is the easiest way. And it's, there are so many aha moments that come from these masterminds. It, of course we have plans to take it online and make it virtual, but really the hands-on one-on-one having the conversations that still never goes away. 
even if you're selling your products online, I feel it's still important to be live in your community. People need to know who you are, what you do, what you're the expert of, because you never know that little live community goes is far reaching. Just like your online community is far reaching, but people talking to other people they actually know can take you a lot further than just, Hey, I met so-and-so you should give her a few minutes of your time online versus a CEO of a big company, like Gina wrote this book. I think you need to spend some time with her and get her into this and this and that. And, you know, there's a difference. And For sure, I think I think we've gotten a little lazy with our networking. But during <laughs> during the time of you call it pandemic, I call it lockdown. During time of lockdown, it has been awesome to have the opportunity to network online and keep our relationships going that's definitely a I tool agree that, yes I so. agree a hundred percent it just opens things up right because you can you can network with people around the world right and uh, in other countries where you know we hadn't really been open so much to that until this it kind of forced us to learn something new and uh, right. and now it's endless the possibilities so I do I love that too so you mentioned mm -hmm. writing a book so I would love to talk a little bit about your journey your health journey and uh, your book that you just recently published. So let's chat about that. Okay, let's start with networking back. In my book, I, I tie everything back to networking because networking really is the key to life. I got sick. I was diagnosed with multiple myeloma cancer in September of 2016. Well, at that time, I had had a huge local network. I was beginning to build an online network and people just came for they had to put me in a huge room because people were just coming to my bedside because they didn't think I was going to make it back then. So here's all these people next to me. I was so loved. It was awesome. My husband goes, Gina, where did all your, where did all these people come from? Like, I said, they're my friends. He goes, <laughs> so he's like, I've never seen anything like this. You know, there's like so many people. And and that's important, especially when you're sick, you know, having people come to your side, it's really awesome. And then also the doctor that diagnosed me was a friend of ours. And he could tell something was wrong with me and told me to go get an MRI. And then, you know, of course you go through the medical steps. And so they didn't give me an MRI. They gave me a X-ray first. And so I called him up, I'm like, Dr. Perkins, they didn't give me an MRI. It's a goes, I'll call you right back. So he, he makes phone calls for me and then all of a sudden, boom, I'm having an MRI, I'm having the CT, I'm having all this, the tests I need within this little period of time. Okay, so who gets that, right? People that are connected. If right. you don't know anybody, you might get one today, one two weeks from now, one three weeks from now, and then who knows what could have happened during that time. It was It was a very great time and a lot of things going on inside my body that we didn't know. So having him on my side, making those phone calls, they were like, yes, 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 she's in. I mean, I was there on Sundays having tests when they're not even open. So networking is important for your health, your, you know, your mind, your soul, your friends. I mean, it's just so far reaching. So I went into the hospital after he diagnosed me with multiple myeloma and they really didn't know 
what to do with me because I needed a specialist right away. Dr. Perkins, the breast, breast care specialist, so, you know, he knows other doctors. He hooked me up with Dr. Wolf at UCSF and um, through Dr. Wolf, Dr. Perkins was able to keep me in the Central Valley of Fresno, where I was living at the time, to treat me. So I didn't have to travel away from all my network and friends and family. I got to stay where I was and they would, he would tell them what to do and Dr. Perkins would do it. And so it was a good relationship that, that I got to have and didn't have to leave everybody behind, even though we've had technology. But I had broken bones everywhere. So I wasn't sitting up using my computers and cameras and all that kind of stuff. I was in pain, lots of pain. So networking key, that was huge, especially right there in the beginning when I needed it the most. And of course, you know, the family's going crazy. They don't know what's going on. And you know, it's like a three ring circus. I could hear circus music in my head when I explain that, but you know, <laughs> it gets a little wild out there. So I wrote a book and it covers like the first two years of my journey and how important your relationships are with your doctors. Relationships with all my friends that were coming to my side became deeper because I stopped to think, why is this person by my side right now? And then we would talk about it. And then our relationships would get deeper. And, you know, people that, Cammy, like I met you before, but let's just say you showed up on my bed. I'd have to go, wow, what? why is Cammy here today? What, what brought her to my side today? So they were far out, you know, reaching friends that I knew, but I was shocked they were by my, my bedside. So it, it created that opportunity to, for both of us to learn more about each other, and then I would find out they had some sort of cancer relation story to them that they felt better coming to my side to talk about it. And had you know, had I not gone through that, I wouldn't have known. And then I got sure. introduced to the international PR person for the American Cancer Society through one of my friends during that time. So relationships are very important, no matter no matter when, what, how. And the more you focus on those, the better you'll be in business, the better you'll be in your communities, and the better you'll be able to help others because everyone's a resource. And so the book gives all my feelings about what was going on during that time. First two chapters are kind of about me and, and my healing mindset, which we'll talk about in a minute, but it goes on to talk about types of gifts and things to think about and how, you know, how to structure a day when you're in bed, you know, you can't get up and you have broken bones and all kinds, all kinds of great tips and things for someone, whether it's the patient, the family, the friend, the, you know, just somewhere to start. That's why I called the book, Start Here, A Guide Through the Cancer Journey. I love that. And I was going to say that, tell us the name of the book. So it's called Start Here and it is a guide through a cancer journey. And of course, this is uh, October. It's Breast Cancer Awareness. And on the She's Invincible podcast, we are celebrating and uh, remembering all of the people who have fought cancer. And so I'm so grateful to have you here. And especially that you just published your book last month, which would be your fourth, the fourth year, right? Since your diagnosis. And you're marking it here with this 
beautiful book to share your journey and to be able to help others go through their journey or maybe just, you know, someone that they're, like you said, associated with. I think that, mm -hmm. you know, cancer does not discriminate. So either you've had it or you know someone who's had it or, you know, it, it's just everyone has been touched in one way or another, uh, whether directly or indirectly. And so I think this guide will be such a blessing to so many people, whether it's the person going through it or maybe a support person who uh, is helping or supporting someone going through it. So thank you for sharing that story and also for sharing the book and just your experience and your knowledge and all that you have discovered, I would say, uh, through the journey of your own. And I yes, love and I will say, oh, it's not really just for cancer. I just wrote it from the cancer perspective, but it's really going through something that's providing chaos and confusion in your life. It's a way to structure your thinking, your mind, allowing people to help you, how to ask for help, those kinds of things. So it could be really any tragi tragedy in your life that you could apply this to. Got it. So, and can we talk about that? <laughs> so when did you actually start writing this book? When I got home, so when I was diagnosed, I was in the hospital for about two and a half weeks. Again, lots of pain, lots of broken bones, uh, lots of drugs that helped me get through it four hours at a time. So I, I knew enough that I said, okay, I'm going to get some relief here. I'm going to have four hours. I'm going to have, I'm going to feel really good in the beginning of the four hours, and then I'm going to start to taper off. So I'm going to take advantage of those beginning couple hours where I can actually do something like I can think <laughs> I can write. Maybe, you know, I was lying down. So that was a little bit tough. I can eat, I could shower. I could do the things that caused, you know, you had to put energy towards and then it would get really painful. And then I could just chill for a minute. Then I would get another set of drugs and then I could do the hard things. And then, so that was that, that just jumped out. I didn't like make that up. It just jumped out. It's like, oh, okay, I can breathe for a few minutes here and I can do all this and then I'll take a break. And then, yeah, so when I got home two and a half weeks later, first of all, they said, okay, you're going to go home. And I was like, what? Who's going to take care of me at home? Well, no, like I was freaking out. And so, you know, because the nurses know what they're doing, right? It, it's my husband and my mom, my daughter, they didn't know what to do. And so there was a lot of fun stuff in, in that time, but they had to get get me ready to go home. So I finally went home and they did such a wonderful job of taking care of me. There were, you know, there were learning curves and everything and we just all rolled with it. But again, uh, by that time I could put my, my bed up a little bit so I could write and the journaling became part of a healing. So that's where the book started. Started just as a journal. It's like, okay, I've got some pain relief. Well, pain relief was a little different at home. It lasted a little bit longer so I could do more things and try to structure an, like an eight hour day. And then maybe we'd watch a movie and then I hopefully would sleep all night. And then, so <laughs> that's it. You know, I tried to make, just like going into this lockdown, try to make my life the same, but being, you know, inside more than outside, you know, by getting dressed and putting on your makeup and going to work and, eating meals when it's time, not just when you're walking past the refrigerator and all that. So, so we structured 
you know, like medication and I stretch. I'm all about planning. Like you'll see planners galore for me. And so I knew when I was going to take a shower. I knew when this was happening, that was happening. And then someone would call and they would like, we'd like to come over and visit. And so then I would like, well, let me look and see where this fits. Well, okay, come here at this time. <laughs> I have little visitors. I have a, I have little babies on my bed. They were so cute. You know, moms that have babies that would bring them over and make me laugh. And yeah, that's amazing. Had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So the book so, really started as a daily morning journal. Yeah. And isn't it interesting that it was published right in the middle of a pandemic? So, or lockdown, as you say, right? So uh, I think that that's amazing because as you said, it's not just about a cancer journey, but it's also a I'm sure you'll agree that life has been very chaotic over these last several months. Well, all of 2020, Mm. basically. So uh, what a gift that is to anyone who is going through anything at this time, which is probably everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing I will say about the book. So I was diagnosed with cancer. I'm not cancer. Cancer is not me. And it gave me a place to put the cancer in my morning routine. So that's where it would go. And that's where in the mornings I would deal with it. I would do my journaling. I do my reading. I would do all the things that I was doing before. It just gave me a place to put it. It wasn't, wasn't me. It wasn't part of my body. It wasn't on me or in my mind. It was right there for me to deal with when I wanted to. I love that. And that is such a good entry into what we're going to talk about next, which is the, the, you know, um, maintaining a healing mindset, right. As during a time of chaos and confusion, and then also the networking and staying top of mind during the pandemic. So let's go right into that. That is a perfect segue. Uh, which one do you want to talk about first? Well, they're kind of, they're related. So let's talk about the mindset. So when we talk about staying top of mind, especially when right now we're talking about top of mind on social media, pretty much. I mean, I can make an appearance somewhere in the community, but it really doesn't, it's not the same as it was before the pandemic. So online is really where we have it. We built a really great launch team for the book and everything. We stayed top of mind. We had we followed the schedule to get it out. And I had lots of people helping me. I didn't do it all by myself. So, you know, creating teams, people really want to help. They do. You need something, you ask. They really want to help. They'll, if they have the answer, they're gonna, you're going to get it. So, uh, but showing up today in business, showing up today online, wherever you are, people know when you have it together. If you woke up today and you're just like, oh, I hate this, I'm so tired of this, and I'm just blah, 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 and I'm not, and I'm not making sales, and then nothing's going right for me, you're going to show up like shock block, like there's nothing going right for you. But if you woke up today and you practiced your morning routine that put you in a positive mindset, and you went on and you talked to every single person that you could today, and you had this energy with you, and and you said things that made them think, and... And, you know, who knows, maybe your product or service came up and they bought from you today. Like, how would that make you feel? You would feel so good. Now, those are just two different scenarios that I made up real quick. But one of them started with a plan of how to do it in the morning. One of them was just like, oh, I just rolled out of bed. So, you know, you can create 
your mindset on a daily basis. So Absolutely. you have a choice. You know, I, in the book, I always write, I choose faith over fear. Well, you have a choice in everything. You have a choice in how you wake up. You have a choice in the foods you put in your body. You have choice, choices galore that propel you forward rather than, you know, make you sick. And, you know, I always say, it's just because I am sick doesn't mean I have to look sick or have to, you know, I have to feel sick. And I can control the things like the food in my body and the exercise that I can take. Whether it's limited or not, doesn't matter. I can control it. I can't control the cancer at this point, I don't think. I mean, I've really tried, but I'm not sure if I can control it, but I can control those things I put in my body that I think about during the day. So I just focus on those. I don't focus on cancer. I love that. And, and I think uh, indirectly you are controlling the cancer by living that healthy life in your mind and your body, with, right? So when you think about it that way, it's like Maybe, yeah. what you're... Yeah, you're feeding your mind good, healthy, positive things, and you're feeding your body good, healthy food, and that is going to support controlling the cancer in the long run. So, so I think it really does tie together. So, uh, is your morning routine in your book? Did you include that? Yes. Oh, good. Okay, mm -hmm. great. Yes, it is. It's That's there. Awesome. It's it's easy. You can tweak it to make it fit your needs. Um, I include prayer. You can include meditation. I include Bible reading you can, and, and also uplifting reading of some, uh, usually I'm studying a business book with my book club. So I usually read some of my business book in the morning and cause it's still uplifting. You, you can choose however you want it. get a little bit of exercise, get, you know, just take that time in the morning. It doesn't take very long. And if it means you have to wake up an extra 30 minutes or whatever, do it because you get so many benefits from it that the rest of your day is just going to be awesome. Like, I can't tell you enough about that. And I had been practicing that since July of 2015. So I was already set in that. So when I did get the bad news or whatever news, I knew exactly what to do with it or what That's I was amazing. Yeah, that's so, that's amazing. I love how that sometimes happens and uh, you're already ready, right? Not that you could ever really be ready, but you've got some things in place. Oh, it was um, shocking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So now I know you're, you're, uh, you have your financial services business. And so I want to, while we're here, I want to talk a little bit about that because, and again, this, this could be the next book, right? Is, you know, <laughs> How can you uh, set yourself up so that financially, when you get news such as what you've gotten or a pandemic in the world, which changes financial pictures all over the world, what, what tips do you have for our listeners about the finance part of this chaos and crisis and illness and journey? You know, a couple things. Um, being prepared is always important. Uh, that's our tagline, be among the well-prepared and connected. So when the doctors told me you're going to the hospital and your organs are shutting down and, you know, because it affects, everything affects your organs and, you know, get your affairs in order. We, I'd already had some of my affairs in order, but not completely finished. You know, I was a young woman who thinks, <laughs> who thinks a young person, especially the disease I got is like, average age 75 male and I was 49 when I was diagnosed so anyway 
definitely getting affairs and orders are important. There are a lot of people in your community where you don't have to like get a high priced attorney to do these quick little papers. There probably somebody in your community has a, is an attorney and she got tired of the corporate and she has a side business and she does like your power of attorney, your medical directive, and you know, maybe a couple other little things for not very much money. So it's super simple. Those take a few minutes. Mine came to my, I was networked with mine. She came to my house when I got home from the hospital and she helped me finish it all. So that was really cool. And then, you know, the other thing is, you know, in the book, you'll see there's a tool and it's, it's a workbook. And the workbook has places for you to put like passwords, account numbers, things that are personal to you that someone else might need to know at some time. Also, there's a place to write letters to your kids, your grandkids, your spouse, um, things you want, like, this is how I want to be remembered. Like, you know, some people do write like what they would like if they were having a memorial service or something, which is another interesting thing during these times, but we won't cover that here. Um, so, you know, places for you to write what you want, because not everybody knows. If you've had conversations with people, good, you're a step ahead. But some people haven't had those conversations. And so a lot of things came out, like a lot of people knew what I wanted, but they didn't know everything I wanted. So, you know, <laughs> worked on getting all that down on paper. So workbooks are great. There is a reference in the book if you want to look at that. And it just walks you through what I want where my money is, what, what to do if, you know, like my husband and I were having a conversation and, you know, these are real conversations that we have. Bob said, Gina, well, I'll go give you why we were having this conversation. Recently, I ended up in a coma in a hospital. It wasn't funny then, but it's super funny. Now the things that happened after I came out of coma, like I'm putting together a standard routine. I have to, it's crazy. It's so, so <laughs> funny. But he said, he's like, I don't know all these electronics. What am I going to do? And I said, don't worry. I'm going to leave you my best friend who can help you with everything. He will get you into what, you know, all the stuff you need because it is so complicated, right? I mean, who, it is. I don't know. It's very complicated. So we have, we have conversations like that. You know, sometimes they're hard. Sometimes they're super easy, but you know, I always try to find the humor. Now, I don't believe cancer is funny. I don't believe any tragedy is funny. But I do find humor. And because I believe that is part of a healing mindset is to have humor. And last night I was in the hospital and the, one of the CNAs that came in to help me, I go, oh, I know you. You were there for me when I woke up from my coma and I wanted to call my husband, but I couldn't punch the numbers. And it was the middle of the night. And he helped me dial my husband to get him on the phone. It was the funniest thing. He started laughing because it was funny. Because when you come out from a coma, you're a little bit confused. And I couldn't write the numbers. And I didn't know how to make a long distance phone call because I didn't know their long distance protocol. So he he helped me get my husband on the phone at two in the morning. And then what I asked for were my, were my morning books. Like, where are my morning books? I have to do Miracle Morning. I didn't have anything. So my husband was cracking up. Like, I said, you know, I'm feeling better when I'm asking for my morning books. That was our, our joke. So, you know, lots of humor. Like, you have to laugh. You have to, in this crazy lockdown situation, we all have to laugh. You know, we can get I frustrated. But you, just, you just have to make the, the best of it and the fun. And I'm sorry, I lost your original question was... 
Um, oh, you covered the tools. It. Yeah. No, no, the tools. I want to say one more thing about the financial part. Sure. Especially just because of what we just went through. And of this applies all the time. The simplest thing anyone can do based on what we just went through is keep three to six months worth of operating expenses in your checking account. That's the simplest advice I can give anyone right now. The rest of it would really depend on your situation, but I think everyone can benefit from having some money in the bank, especially if they go through, like some people went through a week or two without a paycheck, but their companies restructure and figure out how to make everyone stay working. So it didn't last forever, but it would have taken a lot of pressure and stress off people, I think. Yeah, for sure. And like my son-in-law, he lost his job. He's in the cas the casino industry. And so they closed down mm -hmm. and that was it. And uh, so he, he didn't have a paycheck since March or maybe April. So, and that, yeah, that's pretty scary. So good advice, three to six months of your operating income uh, expenses in your bank where you can get it uh, and then you can, you know, not that anyone can afford, but you can, you can breathe while you go through it. Right. So that's so important. And I'm yes, sure you have yes. a lot of other really great ideas for finance. And so I want to encourage our listeners to seek that out and, and find you and, and be able to ask their questions and, and work with you if they have that need. So let's tell our listeners where they can find you. They can find me, the best place to find me where I kind of all my resources in one place is my uh, book website and it's called starthere2020.com. You can get links to Amazon for the book. You can get links to buy in book. I buy in bulk. I think you can reach out to me and email there. And, you know, I'm very giving of my time and effort and energy. And, you know, I run a support group for multiple myeloma and I like to, I like to give and, you know, make sure people are, we, in our support group, I give them one minute to like, what can I say here? To like, just say how they're really feeling for one minute. And then we all, then we have to go positive. Like they could be, <laughs> they get one minute to let it all out. And then we go and then we laugh and we have good times. So I love it's that. Fun. I love it. That's awesome. Okay. And so we'll put the, um, all of Gina's information in the show notes. So if you're listening, just click on the show notes and you can find every way that you can reach her, but also start here. 2020.com is the one main link where you can find her. Well, this has been such a joy to have you and have you share your stories and your knowledge. And just like you said, like laughter, you know, it's not every day you talk to someone who, you know, has cancer and is, is walking that journey and battling the disease and they're laughing. So I appreciate that so much. And I know that our listeners will appreciate that too, as they listen, uh, that is very encouraging. And I love, love, love your positive mindset around this. And um, what I would love to do now is, you know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners that we're going to bring fierce female entrepreneurs on and we're going to share valuable tips, which I'm so grateful to you today because you did just that. Uh, but we also promise that we're going to share behind the scenes. Uh, 
you know, what happened to you on the journey? You know, you weren't this, you know, successful, polished, beautiful woman your whole life, right? You journey to that and, and we stumble and we fall and we have to get back up. And that's what being invincible means to us. So we're going to take a few minutes now and we're going to share a few stories that you have uh, to share with us about your journey. So I would love to start with the good. So do you have one story that you could share with us that uh, it just talks about some of the good, you know, in this journey of your success of business and life? You know, interesting. I was a band nerd growing up and band was everything to me. And I had some issues with band directors when one died and one was not such a nice man and everything. And so it was really frustrating back then, but I decided I was going to leave home at age 16. And so I went to the Bay area in California uh, where a friend was working and I was looking for a job that day. I went into a little cafe on the corner in Birmingham Avenue and was talking to the waitress just about, what was going on in the area and everything. There was a gentleman having lunch behind us and he walked up and he gave me his card. And he said, I work in that building, right? That four story building right there. We're hiring, you know, come take an entrance test, blah, 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 whatever. And he hand me his card and I'm thinking, oh yeah, right. You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm 16 and I'm gonna go to this man's business. But anyway, I, the lady said, he comes in here every day for lunch. He's a businessman I think he's okay. So I went and, I took his test and, of course, passed it with flying colors, got a great job. I was, you know, 16 working in the Bay Area, making good money, and I learned so much. Great mentorship there, too. And so taking a chance is good. Now, I, know, I don't know many moms that would let their kids go at 16, but I was a different kind of kid. My mom knew that it was time. And so, and I knew because I went and I got a job my first day, and I had no problem because I could talk to people. Not that networking is natural. It is not natural. Don't think that. Like, oh, she just has natural skills. No, you just develop things along the way and you take chances. That's what, that's what I did. So that was one of the best moves. I got more than a college education at age 16 before I went back to college. That's amazing. Great story. So yeah. And that was years ago. So that's interesting to see, you know, uh, how that happened and how great that was. And how long did you work for that gentleman? I actually worked um, for him for a couple of years and then he moved to Santa Cruz with his wife and they started um, a new business similar to that business. And they invited me to go work with them in Santa Cruz. So I actually went to I probably worked for them for a period of four, four years. Yeah. And then learned to start up. But I mean, I, I look back and I go, no one gets this kind of information these days. Yeah. I was, I was really lucky to take those chances. Unbelievable. They they were really great people too. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's fun. So we have to talk about the band. So do you have a bad story? Not ugly, just bad. Well, I have, Bad stories, you know, bad and ugly kind of run together, but I had trouble growing up and I, maybe I still do. I'm now 53, but I, I couldn't decide what I wanted to do. Like, I didn't know, like my son, my 23 year old son, he knew what he wanted to do since he was 16 and he's doing it. Like, I didn't have that. I didn't know. And I don't know if that's so much bad, but I don't know if it made a 
difference like I could have been. I don't know. I mean, I'm very happy where I am, but I just feel like I, I people that know what they want to do, I feel like, wow, that's really cool. I just didn't have it. And I still say, I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. And I say, <laughs> don't ever grow up. Yeah. <laughs> that's my response is that's okay. Let's just have fun. We don't ever have to grow up. Yeah. yeah. No, I like that. That's good though, because I think so there's so much pressure right now on the world to like, you know, know, or I would say before the pandemic, know what you want to do and have a plan. And I agree to some extent there needs to be a plan. Mm -hmm. You just can't be, you know, blowing with the wind, but but, you know, sometimes you have to trust the process and see what happens. Like, you didn't have a plan at 16, but look how that turned out. And, you know, and it continues to work for you uh, because of all the other amazing ways that you work with your routine and your mindset and all of those things. So mm -hmm. I think that it's good for people to hear that, you know, not all successful people had a plan, right? Right. Love that. Okay. So... Let's talk about the ugly. The ugly. I guess ugly would be, <laughs> you know, I remember being diagnosed to being in the hospital in Fresno. And again, broken bones. Can't really sit up. You're kind of laying down. And my husband and our assistant, I remember bringing the, they brought the computer to me, <laughs> the laptop. And I wrote an electronic application while I was in the hospital, lying down on my back, lots of pain. I don't know how I did that. I can imagine it was pretty ugly, you know, like trying to like type while you're lying down. And But we managed, I mean, you manage, you manage things. And it's not always pretty. You know, I, you know, I lost my, I've lost my hair four times now. I am bald right now. The first time it, maybe bothered me this much the rest of the time. I didn't even care. It's easy just to get up. But if it's warm, you just go out with your bald head. Like, that's what I do. But, you know, a lot of people struggle with hair and those kinds of things. And there's just lots of little things with cancer that maybe wasn't so pretty. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, I hear you still, that too. You still get over it. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. I, you know, and you would think, like, I would say this for me, I would think that the ugly part of cancer is like the treatments and the pain and the, you know, the, the medicine and, and all those things. And yet the most of the people that I speak with that have, you know, dealt with this are, they're like, you know, I lost my boobs, like my hair fell out, like, yeah. And it's like, wow, you know, um, it, it's amazing, you know, because we think all these other things and here it's this. And, uh, and right. I, I think, right. yeah, ugly is different for everyone. And, um, but I think you're amazing and beautiful and with hair, without hair, I'm so appreciative. <laughs> you are a gift to the world that you are going through this and it's not like it's over. You're still going right. through this. As you mentioned, you were at the hospital last night and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, are you sure you're okay for this today? And you're like, it didn't hurt. Like, yeah. I just, <laughs> I can't even wrap my little puny brain around that, to be honest, you know, like it all feels so big to me. And yet you are just so invincible in all of the things and all of the ways that you have uh, fallen down and, or got knocked down and gotten back up and the way that you fight and the way you live your life and help others to live a great life too. And I yeah, thank you I so much for being thank here. Thank you, Tammy. It was wonderful. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today before we say goodbye? I just say, 
Let's focus on the positive and move forward, all of us together. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much, Gina. And I don't know where you are in your life or your business right now, but if you're flat down on your face, on the ground, get back up, girl. Get back up. You can do it. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review, and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.